1961, following a long and complicated production, MGM released a film that they hoped would recreate the success of Ben-Hur. That was King of Kings, and this is Godfellas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that skips Super Bowl parties and hosts Oscar parties. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm opening credits sunset enthusiast Hannah. <laughs> and tonight we are we're back talking about like my favorite in high school. These are my favorite movies like biblical epics. I didn't like have friends. So just during the weekends, I would get movies from the church library and just watch all these like three and four wow. hour long movies like because i thought like that they were good and that it was like a substitute for reading your bible so i was like i could watch it instead. <laughs> i'm and, not trying to make fun of high school zach right now um he was, it's 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 hard for me not to say something <laughs> no go for it please do but i'm not the only zach here tonight ladies and gentlemen he is you you if you heard the heidi episode then you've heard his voice before. If you've heard a podcast called Thank the Academy, you've heard his voice before. He's just a really, really, really smart person. So that's why we had to call him in. He's he's very funny. He's very cool. Uh, just he's he's the best. He's the best, ladies and gentlemen. Please give it up for Mr. Zachary Fanna. Yeah, Mr. Zach number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so zach um before we asked you to watch this movie were you familiar with it at all uh yeah only because uh much to my chagrin i have to admit that i had a similar uh thing going on in my <laughs> growing up in that i also watched many of these like crazy like semi-biblical epics <laughs> mm -hmm. i won't make fun of you zach because you're a guest <laughs> <laughs> you can just say like zach how could you and that can just like go for both of us that will, yeah <laughs> well yeah that's a, something about being named zach i think that you <laughs> there's a rule you have to watch you have to like these movies but i had not i had not seen this one um had you heard of it i had um, and I definitely had seen some like clips from it, I think in Sunday schools over the years. Um, mm -hmm. of course the thing that I remembered the most from those clips or any like thing I had seen was the, like the eyes of Jesus are just like <laughs> haunting. The eyes of Tammy Faye, the eyes of Jesus. <laughs> It was like a We're on a roll on. here. We're on a yeah. roll, yeah. <laughs> so, so Zach, um, I'm a I'm a big fan of their podcast. Thank the Academy. Go to the uh, go to the episode notes if you'd like to follow yourself. But um, I learn so much about like the time period in which these movies were being released. Which I mean, context in film watching, especially with classic film watching, is super important if we're you know going to understand why movies were the way they were. So I'm I'm just curious if you have any insight as to like in the not even like predating the fifties and sixties, I would say like up until the seventies, why why were we getting so many biblical epics in like that large time frame? I mean, part of it is that this is when like Republican evangelicalism is being birthed. Um and that has a lot to do with what is happening with the anti-communism movements that are going on yeah. in yeah. the country at the time, um, specifically in Hollywood. It's funny, the 50s in Hollywood were such a weird time of new films and amazing films and huge epics and also really cool, small, like in independent sort of um, all these little companies 
boomed into existence because all of the men who came back from World War II were looking to break away from the studio model. They had been out of Hollywood for the period of World War II. And they were like, well, we're going to do our own thing. And so they basically all started their own independent companies outside of the studio models. And then on top of that came, oh, there's all these new ideas and American government has to squash people who could become Hitler. And so if anyone believes in anything that's not American exceptionalism and capitalism, then they are the devil. Which then, of course, leads to the blacklisting of so many amazing storytellers and collaborators and artists that are in Hollywood at the time in the 50s. And it leads to the promotion of we are good and we're American and we believe in the Bible, which clearly is anti-communist, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So like, Hannah, if you think about like, if you remember Avengers Endgame, think that for like Ten Commandments and like for even even Ben-Hur, which, you know, we talked about, we've talked about both on the show. But uh, let's get into let's get into King of Kings. More than any motion picture you have ever seen, King of Kings is a surpassing emotional experience. The surging drama of a world torn by barbaric tyranny and violent human conflict. Out of the shadows of ruthless power and idolatry came Jesus of Nazareth. In King of Kings, you will behold the figure of Jesus Christ in a living characterization. Behold the power and beauty of his spoken words and know the people and events touched by his life. There were Joseph and Mary as they journeyed to Bethlehem, where in the manger of a stable, the three wise men paid homage to the holy child. For the role of the gentle and inspired Mary, the noted Irish actress, Siobhan McKenna was engaged. There was the ruthless Roman, Pontius Pilate, played by Herd Hatfield. Vivica Linfors is Claudia, Pilate's disillusioned wife. And Ron Randall portrays Lucius, who did his emperor's bidding. Rita Gam plays Herodias, wife of the dissolute Herod Antipas, portrayed by Frank Thring. In the role of Mary Magdalene, the fallen who found forgiveness, is Carmen Sevilla, first lady of the Spanish screen. Salome, evil child of an evil mother, is portrayed by Bridget Baslin. Harry Gardino plays the rebel Barabbas, who thirsted for violence and met peace. Rip Torn is Judas the betrayer, and Royal Dano plays the role of Peter. To the distinguished stage and screen star Robert Ryan went the dynamic role of John the Baptist, whose voice in the wilderness hailed the coming of the Messiah. Most difficult was the choice of the actor for the characterization of Jesus. It was only after months of consideration that Jeffrey Hunter young American actor was chosen because of his rugged strength, personal integrity, and the humility and devotion with which he regarded his role. To bring this great drama to the screen, years of research and preparation preceded the ultimate realization. More than 396 sets were designed and built, thousands of costumes created. Here, on this steep hillside, more than 7,000 players were assembled to take part in the Sermon on the Mount scenes, breathtaking in their magnitude, inspiring in their emotional power. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So when I was doing my research for this movie, Ben-Hur comes out, sweeps at the Academy Awards, and this movie was with a different uh, director. I believe his name was, I'm just going to fact check, it was John Farrow, um, who was writing a movie in early 1950 called Son of Man, and that was kind of like happening, and then it wasn't, and then it was happening, and then it wasn't. Then Ten Commandments comes out, and they're like, oh, <laughs> this is another project that we're working on? Cool. And then Ben-Hur comes out, and people were like, okay, so there's like a real kind of like, I guess, hankering for these Bible movies. So King of Kings was finally like greenlit and produced and cast in response to Ben-Hur being like the Academy Award juggernaut that it was. So 
I guess uh, usually I walk through the plot, but it's a it's a greatest hits of Jesus movie, um, more or yeah. less. <laughs> and the movie it spends more time with like Pilate and Herod and Barabbas and Judas. It spends more time with them than it does with Jesus, which I don't know how you feel about this act, but for me that was the most interesting stuff. And then when we had to go back to like jesus and john the baptist i was like oh can we can we stop well and it felt a little like they wanted to fully recreate ben-hur because Mm. jesus is in ben-hur so little yeah but it's very impactful because of that in ben-hur whereas in this one when the title is king of kings I mean, it was a very interesting decision to, like, not feature Jesus, like, in every scene. Right. But I don't know. I, I, it, it was strange. It, it felt like Hollywood people trying to, I don't know, guess at what was going on. It felt a little bit like Scorsese's um, Silence. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get that. In a way yeah. where it was like, I'm not religious that much, but I have enough religion to sort of follow this biblical story or these biblical themes and put this thing together. Yeah. And, and I would even say uh, to me, a movie like Silence feels like it's made from at least a level of intrigue from Scorsese where it's like, well, mm-hmm. here's a topic I'm at least interested in. Whereas all of King of Kings from like the cast to uh, getting Nicholas Ray of Rebel Without a Cause fame to direct mm-hmm. the movie. Everything, <laughs> everything about this movie screams, let's make money and win Academy Awards. So, Well, yeah, and at yeah. the time, MGM th- thought they had this brilliant idea where they would try to bankroll their entire studio on the back of one film. Yeah. And, mm. you know... For a couple of the films, it actually worked. I mean, right. the mo- the biggest one being Ben-Hur. Right. But I don't know. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. They're also in the midst of, like, tumultuous upheaval because uh, they've recently gone through, like, three different heads of studio at MGM, like, yeah. leading up to this. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of sound decision-making at the top, and most of it is just about money. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But Hannah, you didn't know any of this going into the movie, so no. and and you this is not your your genre as you've said. No. But what were you expecting going into this film? Well, I was expecting something very grand, I guess. The poster the- is epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, King of Kings too. Like that title is very like ah, you know. And I know that's like. Yeah, they you know, didn't the, call it like the life of Jesus or something. Yeah, the, yeah. the working title was "Son of Man." Even that, I'm like, okay, like three words, like <laughs> I don't know. And then even with the opening credits too, um, the score it comes in very, very strong. And then like I don't know, <laughs> I just felt very I don't know let down. I guess like I just didn't think it was as grand. Like I really liked the scenes where. Like Jesus was healing people, but it was his shadow. And I was like, oh, that's mm. like, that's grand to me. Like, that's epic, big. And then, like, Zach had to wake me up during the Sermon on the Mount. So, like, uh, I'm just giving me I mean, this. there was probably an hour and a half of the movie with no dialogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, like, yeah. there are so many scenes with no dialogue. Yeah. Just like long moments, long looks. So yeah. much like that they could have cut out of this film to make it snappier. Well, it's interesting because yeah. I, I mean, I guess we'll we'll get to the performances now. But Nicholas Ray studied like architecture and is someone who, it, like, if you've only seen Rebel Without a Cause, um, he really wanted to bring his sense of you know, I guess what statues do and things like that. Like, I read something where he was like. I brought my love of architecture into this movie and Mm. I was like a lot of the stronger moments for me are where like no one is talking Mm. and I think that that's mainly because the performances primarily from Jeffrey Hunter as Jesus are really really bad 
And mm-hmm. and Jeffrey was cast solely because he has piercing blue eyes and Nicholas mm-hmm. Ray had worked with him before. But mm-hmm. I mean, and this was also like, <laughs> listening audience, if, I know that you can't believe this now, but it was very controversial to like show Jesus's face in in these movies because that like they weren't doing that. So this is one of the first movies where you see like Jesus front and center, and like he looks kind of creepy. And he does. His yeah. eyes look so deep set. I don't know if they like <laughs> really made up his eyes in a weird way. I mean, every shot of his face, like his eyes are just so. I don't know how to yeah. describe them. They yeah. are like, yeah. I was I was saying this. <laughs> I was saying to Zach, this is so mean of me. I was like, <laughs> um, uh, you're not criticizing like, the actual Jesus. Yeah, that's true. I, but like th- throughout the film, and you know, I know a lot depends on you know you get to a location. You're, I know there's sets as well, but like you know, lighting can change things change when you're filming like you know there's a reason like continuity is so important like um but i just felt like sometimes you'd see a shot of someone and then you'd see another shot of them and they would look like 40 years older in the span of like two minutes and i was like what is this going on same with jesus but, like jesus and barabbas especially i was like why do you look like a completely different age like all together in this moment yeah what <laughs> Well, well, and again, to 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 kind of you you brought up Barabbas, and he actually became like he made the movie worse for me in some ways, which uh, I'll explain myself immediately. Jesus is acting, and John the Baptist when they have that back and forth, like it's very like you know when you think old movie, they're talking like that, where it's like you know mm-hmm. I baptize you with water, baptize me, John. I will go <laughs> into the desert now, and I will be you know like that's how they talk in the movie. So I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, King Herod is kind of giving it a little bit. Like, you know, Pilate is is actually like quite good here, but like no one's really like giving it their all. And then Barabbas shows up and this man, I don't know what else he did, but he's like going so hard into the paint for this role that I was like, oh, like, so everybody else could have, you know, given a real committed performance just no one was interested in it because again this movie was like you know there's a lot of studio involvement also that went into this movie oh yeah they reshot entire scenes like the the scene um there's a scene in the movie where mary magdalene goes to visit um jesus's mother mary that scene the movie was done and the studio was like we need another scene with like jesus's mom so that scene was like reshot and redone just at like the behest of the studio well and it it did feel very last minute yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that does make a lot more sense now yeah (laughs) i know now i'm like so so, uh zach what did you uh, you and again you have more expertise here than than either of us would as you've you know seen so many of these movies what would you say of the performances given like the time period I mean, it does feel directly out of the time, which is a little bit sad, I think, and probably why this movie both flopped so hard and, like, sort of has stayed away as, like, from current culture. I feel like, I don't know, if it had maybe won any awards or even, I mean... I don't know. It's just so interesting comparing it to something like the Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur, which were obviously its like predecessors leading up to it should having a lot of success. But it it did feel a little bit older Hollywood, even yeah. than those two feel. Absolutely. Um, like you were saying, the, the style of the acting, especially with Jesus and the apostles was very old Hollywood. Yeah. Um, more so than you would get from somebody like Charlton Heston even. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like he sort of hit the sixties with a little more new style that the sixties brought, but none of these actors seem to have that. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. I agree. And just, this is a little fun thing. Here are some of the other actors who, were considered to play the role of Jesus. Alec Guinness. Peter And Cushing. he was in like 
Alec Guinness was in very serious conversations yeah. for this very serious. role. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing, Tom Fleming, Christopher Plummer, and Max von <laughs> Sydow, who would go on to be in The Greatest Story Ever Told, which, spoiler alert, is way worse than this movie. So, which is, I mean, I guess that's debatable, but... Separate your facts and opinions, okay, Zach. Okay. S. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll say, like, a movie like that, at least this one's, like, bright and colorful, and there's, like, a big scale. The greatest you're ever told is it's dreadfully boring. There's also way more action in this movie than I was expecting. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And, and I think also pointing to uh, The Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur, which are both, like hugely filled with action they really really tried to milk the story of jesus for all the action they possibly could in right. this one mm-hmm. um and, and i liked the action bits um yeah. the stunt work for the time was pretty cool yeah i mean <laughs> there are people getting like point blank shot with these like huge roman like scorpion trebuchet things <laughs> and like oh man yeah, I was, like, I was not expecting doing? that. I will. I <laughs> those those shots. So many close-ups of people getting shot by arrows too. Yeah, that was like a favorite of the director, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the opening of the movie is Pom is Pompey like coming in and like desecrating the temple, which like again, it's like for the movie to like open and really lean into the brutality of the time period. Like mm-hmm. the whole opening, I was like, oh, okay, like we're about to get like a pretty dark movie, I guess. And then, no, it's just, like, kind of a boring movie where the political leaders of the time, like, sit around and talk about, like, who Jesus is. But then I looked up the screenwriter, uh, Philip Jordan, and he was a guy who wrote Westerns. And he was like, well, Jesus is kind of a loner, just like, you know, a main character in a Western. And all of a sudden, it was like, you know, I could see. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is 100% a guy who wrote a Western and that like, you don't see Jesus that much. And it's more like, you know, they're talking about, there's this new guy in town, you know, we're the law. What are we going to do about him? <laughs> I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is, and like a lot of the actors are from Westerns. <laughs> so it's like a hundred percent. Oh, now I, now I get the movie. Like, okay. Well, and I think the other part of that too is like, there's too many cooks in the kitchen for this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. They're muddling the, I mean, because if they had gone on any of the like one angles where it's like, this movie is going to be purely like adventure epic, like Ben-Hur, right. or this movie is going to be a Western, like our screenwriter wants, or it's going to be like very Solomon statuesque, like the director wants, or it's just <laughs> going to be full yeah. of spectacle and money, like the studio wants, and like... It was all of those things, so it was none of them. Was there any... We've been coming down pretty hard on this movie, though. Was there anything that we enjoyed? I mean, I did like the action scenes. Right. I felt like they were a, like... I think only because I was not expecting them. Uh, But I also will say the, like, scenic elements of this film were gorgeous. Absolutely. Um, Especially, like... Uh, Herod's throne room area and um, the I really really liked the this is gonna sound strange I really liked the uh, table that they used for the last supper yeah it was super cool it was like a Y shape which was like really bizarre and I was like why have I never seen a table like that before it's like perfect for a big group that mm-hmm. like wouldn't need a circle table. I don't know. It was cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Well. Not really. Um. I. <laughs> I don't know. I. I'm. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. You know. I agree. I think scenic wise, like the the scenic elements are are absolutely stunning, and I think that there's a lot of beautiful. Um, cinematography, like there's there's beautiful moments visually that I can appreciate. I enjoyed the scene where Salome dances and then asks for John's head. I thought that was um, something that intrigued me. It pulled me in. Um, and I also like that she just kind of like ran across the room. 
I don't know that, that, that blocking <laughs> like you know once you know she kind of like broke out of the typical like I'm we're standing around each other blocking it kind of mm-hmm. woke me up a little bit uh, sure. I, I'm so I, I think I'm learning more about my own taste <laughs> with movies <laughs> now being a podcast host um, I'm sorry I'm like I'm still processing the movie as right. we talk about it but I think that we watched this like days ago and I'm still processing it. Um, like, I, I just don't think that this is something that is really made for, I'm not, I liked Ben-Hur, but it didn't excite me that much. And I just think going into it, I wasn't planning to be excited. And then when it wasn't as like grand and majestic as I was thinking it was going to be based on the opening, I think I felt like I was like, oh, so, I, but there's nothing that's really like sticking out to me as like, Oh, I really like that. Yeah, well, you you raise a good point, too, because, I mean, with Ben-Hur and Ten Commandments, there is also a level of, you know, even if you don't like Ten Commandments, at least you can see, like, the parting of the Red Sea and be impressed with, like, a man, like, how did they do that in that time period? Like, it's, it's like, still impressive from a craft standpoint. Like, the chariot race in Ben-Hur is still very, like, this is mm-hmm. very impressive. This movie doesn't have that moment. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in in Star Wars, for lack of a better term, how like there's like that the one scene you remember from the movie. This doesn't have that, except you bring up the scene with Salome, which I also think like, you know, I mean, you've got the composer of Ben-Hur just, you know, working his butt off to make this a success. And I think it's a well-choreographed scene. I think it's a really good scene. It just doesn't fit within the fabric of the movie because it kind of we've we've set up that Herod is a creep and that he you know has eyes for his daughter, daughter. yeah mm-hmm. Step- <laughs> stepdaughter mean, stepdaughter yeah, yeah he's not but a good, still yeah so there is a level of like I feel like you can't really enjoy that scene though because it's so creepy yeah and mm-hmm. like it's a very unsettling scene so but- there's no moment that's like you. With a biblical epic, you want a moment that was like, well, that was invigorating. And this is like, that was like impressive, but uh, I'm a little weirded out. I, I think that's what stands out to me, though, is because it's so vile. Yeah. Because it's so creepy, it makes it scarier. Well, and I think that's another where another place where the movie doesn't know what kind of movie it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Because mm. there's a version of this movie that starts out with the city being attacked and it continues with this like scene where he's like, I don't know, wants to get it on with her. And, (laughs) and also where she's like wanting, uh, John the Baptist head. And that kind of goes, could have gone into like more of a dark place where it's like, well, Jesus is going to die. And what are we all going to do? And uh, Judas could have been a lot darker than he was. That story, I think, could have made this really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, at the time, they couldn't really, there was a lot of reasons why they couldn't get very dark and they had to be very, like, you know, everyone has clean. Everyone has to see this movie. Yeah. You make a good point. Everybody has to come see this movie. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm thinking about things that I like, and I, I mean, I've been ringing this bell for a few years now, but 100% Lucius is your main character, you know, because mm. watching the movie, I'm like, he's the only character who really gets an arc, because yeah. it's like, you know, Pilate and Herod are bad the whole way, Jesus is king the whole way, John the Baptist is resolute in his, you know, convictions the whole way, so it's like only Barabbas... And Lucius get, you know, and Barabbas not even, he doesn't even really get like a full redemption arc to kind of tease at it, but. but Well, and that is one thing that I saw again in this film that is like my main problem with all like Jesus adaptations Mm -hmm. is that Jesus doesn't change as much as the Bible is a story. It is not like written with narrative intention that's not why it's compelling (laughs) right 
Yeah, because again, Lucius, like going back to it, like Lucius starts the movie with that scene where he's like, I'm a Roman soldier. I do not murder children, which Hannah was just like, yeah, but he's like a Roman. And I was like, that actually like is really interesting to think about because you think about, you know, like patriotism and like some people are like, you know, like we're this, we don't do that. But if you really like are taking a step back and looking at it, it's like, no, like you might say you're this, but it doesn't mean that you're in a perfect society. So I thought like, that mm-hmm. was even a good bit of writing, and I think that actor is really good too. So it's one of those things. I'm like, he starts the movie like with that, you know, I'm trying to figure out who I am, where I fit into all this, and it ends with him making the declaration like, this truly is the son of God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if you had focused on him, like the ending of that, like we'd all be in tears, and you make Barabbas like your B story, and it was like mm-hmm. that was the issue. It wasn't like I had to think too much to fix the movie. It was like. They're both right, like, they're right there in front of you people. Mm. Yeah, and I think they, I mean, and that's part of why, keep comparing it to Ben-Hur, but that's part (laughs) of why Ben-Hur and, like, their inclusion of Jesus works a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Ben-Hur is going through his own arc, and then he happens to meet Jesus on the way. And so it's like, oh, okay. Or even The Robe is another one that we haven't mentioned yet another like huge biblical epic it came a, a handful of years prior but right. uh it definitely helped lead into all of these too right well i mean i even think about another movie that came out in 1961 which is barabbas with anthony quinn the motion picture that begins where the other big ones leave off which mm. isn't great but it's like you said zach it's <laughs> it's really dark like it's really really dark at least it goes for it like i'd rather watch a movie that's like extremely unpleasant and depressing than just get this like you know bland eggshell wall of a movie Mm -hmm. yeah well and then there's more of a store like there's more of a character study to be done with barabbas as opposed to then uh we know what the character of jesus is right and yeah, and yeah, Zach, you brought it up too. None of the, maybe with the exception of Judas, none of the apostles get like good beats, really. No, and they're all pretty much the same too. There's not much like we see them before, and how Jesus then changes their life. Right. They're just kind of are there, and Jesus comes into their life, and then they're walking around with him. Right, and and I mean. The guy who plays Peter, you can tell he has chops, but the movie's not interested in in him. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's <laughs> I hesitate to say this, but it almost feels like they're restricted by their three hour runtime. <laughs> it's like, did you need more time? Did you I mean, there are like- so many characters yeah. in this. Yeah. So many characters. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate. I guess, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think, like, now, what is the actual great story of Jesus biblical epic, you know? Because all the ones I'm thinking about, I was like, well, greatest story ever told isn't very good. Last Temptation of Christ is very polarizing. The animation style in Miracle Maker is a little too weird. <laughs> F- Fellini's Gospel of Matthew is, like, you know, very, like, kind of for film buffs only and i'm like dallas jenkins and the chosen like thank you for like for doing it right i guess but this is one where unfortunately i you know i think it's just another movie in a very long line of unimpressive films and it's unfortunate it makes sense why the movie flopped why do you think it I mean, aside from it not being very good, and I know that there were reviews entitled I Was a Teenage Jesus because they thought, like, Hunter looked too young and the director of Rebel Without a Cause was a little strange. But, I mean, why do we think this movie didn't do well? That is what is surprising to me. And I think, I mean, it's hard to make a good movie when your sole purpose is to make money. Yeah. But they kind of succeeded with Ben-Hur, MGM, before this. So, like... That was only a couple years prior, and I don't know. It's I think part of it is that they're starting to move away from huge epics. Like there's 
towards the end of the or mid to end of the 60s we're getting away from the epics um they're kind of like had their decade between like 55 and 65 yeah um but i don't know it it, it's confusing to me too because people are going to see all the other big huge blockbuster type stuff coming out at the time but i don't know why they weren't as interested in seeing this one yeah i don't get it and i mean i think it makes a good point though because it hasn't really lived on too much in like even when i was looking at letterbox there were like 200 reviews for for this one and you know well, all the other ones one thing way i more. think one thing I think is that none of the actors in it have stood the test of time. No, not at all. And I think that is a major reason why it isn't still have watchability today. Right. Because some of these other ones, specifically like Charlton Heston, he's still pretty well known because yeah. he did so many big ones and he was so huge when he was working. And... Hmm. I feel like so some of the actors in King of Kings were pretty big when they were in the film, yeah. but I don't think any of them had the staying power that some of the other ones, the epics of that era had. Right. Yeah. yeah. If they had had Christopher Plummer or Alec Guinness, Maybe. this may be a different conversation uh, because yeah. both yeah. of them have had a lot of staying power because they both were tied to like other much bigger properties too. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. well, and I think that's why I don't want to compare this too much to Greatest Story Ever Told because you haven't seen it yet. But yet, <laughs> yet? look, this show—if <laughs> this show is going to keep going, we're going to have to get. Oh to the, no! But here's the thing: we're going to have Joe Frost come back. We're going to have to get that to that one eventually, though, because like what Zach is bringing up is a hundred percent true in Greatest Story Ever Told. A what a much worse movie than this that stars Max von Sydow. Charlton Heston. Um, uh, who who else? Uh, John Wayne is in that movie. John Wayne. Yeah, Teddy Savalas is in that movie. It's one of those things that wow. you just. Um, Sidney Poitier is in that movie. You just run down the the cast of this like boring, boring movie. And if you're like you know getting into movies as as a younger person like I was, I was like, oh, all of these actors are in this movie. Or if wow. you're just like working through their films, eventually yeah. you're gonna get to that one. Exactly. Who's because so many of them are in it. Yeah. Who's working through Jeffrey Hunter or like Frank Thring's, you know, filmography? Aside Nobody. from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is one like where I've seen more people like working through Nicholas Ray's filmography as a director mm-hmm. who are stumbling across this one. But I mean, even even then, you know, it's it's one of those things where. That's a good point as to why this hasn't stood the test of time because there's other movies like if it were good, maybe people would be talking about it. If you had a better cast, maybe. But I think that, you know, I think back to our Heidi episode where you were saying like Christian movies today need to, you know, maybe spend a little more money on, you know, the filmmaking process. But yeah, it's kind of completely backwards from how it was in like the 50s and 60s with like religious stories. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So this is one now I'm like, if you I mean, if you want to make something that's going to make noise, it has to be crazy controversial, like a passion of the Christ or like really well made and accessible. You know, like, because mm-hmm. the thing is, people aren't seeking these out. It has to be like shoved in their face. So not to keep bringing the Chosen's bell, but that's one you can't get away from ads about like, it's free. It's free on the app. It's free. Go watch it. It's free. It's free. It's free. You don't have mm-hmm. to pay anything. So and you know. on top of that, it like has a lot of actual professional filmmakers who Absolutely. work on it <laughs> as opposed yeah. to like. <laughs> pastors who decide that they're a filmmaker all of a sudden (laughs) yeah no no, you're you're a hundred percent right well like you remember when we watched fireproof oh my gosh let's 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 shoot (laughs) speaking of pastors who decided they were a filmmaker exactly the guys from fireproof hannah were not filmmakers they weren't even guys who really liked movies they were like wouldn't it be great if we put our sermons into two hour long films. We make a lot of money here at this church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, we can fund a film. 
Yeah. Even to like, you know, I, 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 I can't speak fully into the Chosen's filming process because I don't know it, but like, I would think, you know, it, I mean, if you can finagle your way into a, a great deal for a filming location, like, of course, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a good thing. But like, you know, the Chosen, there's a lot of effort that it, it looks like they're in Israel. Like, it looks like they're you know they're not you know it looks like it's they're that not time. At a camp in texas yeah, yeah. whereas <laughs> fireproof is like this building could work as a hospital yeah no you're right yeah and mm-hmm. it's so obvious that like it's not like it's mm-hmm. there's there's nothing i think of like uh when we watched only god can a few months ago and it was like did someone oh, take out like their like camcorder and like film this movie <laughs> with like that was the worst sound mixing i've ever heard oh like just period not even in a movie just in my in my life <laughs> yeah and and it's one of those things like again though like going back to king of kings it's kind of well what would you prefer just a movie that's a hundred percent lazy but maybe like the filmmakers as misguided as it might be are at least trying to say something or a movie like king of kings which another thing to think about you might look at the budget and see oh seven million dollars this is seven million dollars in like 50s money which Mm -hmm. uh, like 10 commandments i think was like 16 million and that was like an outrageous exorbitant amount of money to spend on a film well in both the 10 commandments and ben-hur broke the records yeah for Mm -hmm. each of them at at the time they were made for the the most expensive film ever right so yeah and again so seven million dollars on king of kings is like a huge a huge budget so you know to go back to it like what would you rather see like a movie that's made by people who aren't professionals but at least they think they're saying something or a studio that has a bunch of creative people like in a box and is trying to you know shake it up and hope that you know the Mona Lisa comes out of there, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's tricky. I will say that the, uh, I'm surprised that there isn't more staying power in, in this aspect that, and I did see a couple scenes that I remembered from like Sunday school. Yeah. But I'm surprised that this film is not used more in churches. Really? In what way? Just because like, there's a lot of scenes that I feel are, very safe like retellings of like this is if you want to see jesus say this thing on camera like this is a good version of it to like show before a sermon yeah oh zach you're so right i just remembered the pope signed off on this movie stop i'm not the pope signed off on this movie (laughs) i mean it doesn't it doesn't get more safe than the pope yeah, I just think, you know, <laughs> I think Zach, um, Zach Arquest made a great point earlier yeah. about them. There's just too many characters and I just feel like there's too many storylines to follow in this three hour film. Like, I just can't remember everything that's happened so far. And I don't feel like I know everything about the characters like you know they were all introduced but i don't i don't feel like i can really talk about their personalities where like a movie like cheaper by the dozen i could tell you everything about one of those kids <laughs> like i'm not dead serious about that <laughs> i was not expecting that. <laughs> but that that is a very good point very i will give you credit for that, that one because there is so many characters in that film yeah. and it's much shorter and you get to know all of them very yeah. quickly. Exactly. I think that this one is banking on the majority of Americans being yes. religious. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, yeah. well, we don't have to worry about, I mean, also at the time they were not as worried about compelling stories and like, it was just kind of like whatever we throw up there people are going to pay to see because it has our our big lion roaring and we're mgm well folks it's about that time where we're going to use our manners just like when they offered you more stale crackers at uh at your fellowship hall 
uh, when they were low on money and just trying to put something out there. When I offer you more of King of Kings, I'd like for you to uh, hit me with a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, uh, Hannah, you know, they're, uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're saltines. Would you like some? Uh, I'm going to say no, thank you. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I So I think on a personal level, outside of the, the filmmaking process, I think um, taking into the context of the film, the time period it was made, and just the style of uh, writing back then, being different, you know, using the vernacular of the times. Um, I have, I think, I, I think I'm realizing as we talk about this, I have a very hard time watching movies that are kind of outside of a time period that I know. Mm. Um, or I'm a bit familiar with, I would say there's definitely older movies that I enjoy for sure, because there are some that are, that are timeless or there are some that I just, I think are done well. And I, I enjoy, but I, I, when I think about movies that I like, they're more recent. And so when I think it comes to like biblical <laughs> epics, I am very, uh, I, I just automatically categorize them as like boring old movies, which is bad on my part because they're art, but it's just what I do. That being said, I did not enjoy this. I, you know, because I did say earlier, I did like Ben Hur. Ben Hur wasn't an awful experience for me. I'm not saying that this was. Please don't take it like that. I, <laughs> I think there were too many characters. It wasn't engaging enough for me. I didn't really get or like the portrayal of Jesus, and I didn't think it was that grand. I didn't think like it really counted as an epic in my mind it was just kind of like big production long movie king of kings but i did like the sunset mm. well uh mm. zach we've just got all the crackers here uh, would you like some um no thank you just because you have a lot of money or crackers doesn't mean <laughs> that they're gonna be good yours look very stale um <laughs> i should say they taste stale. They look really nice. Yeah. This one just didn't do it for me. I there are other big biblical epics that are more fun, more enjoyable. Um Don't do a character study on Jesus. Uh we know his <laughs> character. Yeah. True. It does not change. <laughs> yeah. Uh it would be more interesting if this movie was all about Judas and his character arc. I think looking at Jesus through his eyes would be very interesting. Um, but yeah, taking in everything you were saying too, like the time, it's makes it like it's a movie from another time about another time. On top of that, mm. which they are also interpreting a time, and so you're like having to get in the mindset of their time to even interpret their time they're interpreting it's a huge crazy circle of absolutely yeah too much time yeah Yeah. well i guess i have all the the crackers and (laughs) i don't want to say i'm gonna go throw them out you're throwing them in the garbage (laughs) that's where my mind went (laughs) no i don't think i'm gonna quite like throw them in the garbage but i do think i'm gonna like go back to the, the head pastor and be like hey Nobody wanted the crackers. Like, uh, you know what? Like, why don't don't you let me run down to the store and I'll, like, go pick up some zebra cakes or something like that. It's one of those things I'm like, another movie, I feel like another movie kind of beats this on on every level when we're going with, like, if you're a Christian and you're looking for something to watch, like, if if you kind of have a hankering for, for something, there's a movie that'll be better than this, like, in every way, shape, and form, you know? It's like, if you want, like, a real passionate, you know, John the Baptist. Greatest story ever told has you beat. If you want, you know, a movie that has a, you know, that really gets into the mercy and the humility of Jesus. Well, Ben-Hur's got that beat. If you want a movie where Jesus has piercing blue eyes, the miniseries Jesus of Nazareth has that beat like (laughs) 700 times. You know, it's kind of like, wait like 16 years, people. And you'll get Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth, which is way better. So I think that that's the issue with this is maybe in its time period and I, knowing it didn't do very well, I think I could at least see people going, oh, um, uh, oh, 
okay. Like, I guess that wasn't the worst way to spend three hours, but I'm not going to, like, tell my friends. Like, I can see... I thought you were going to say that wasn't the worst way to spend $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's one, like, I, you know, like, when you're talking to your friends and, and you're like, did you go see that movie? What did you think about it? And like, yeah, it was whatever. I think that, like, you know, that's probably what happened with this one. When people were talking about it, they're like, um, it's... If you're going to spend, you know, 40 cents on an expensive movie ticket, you know, don't, don't do it. So go see like uh, West Side Story or The Sound of Music. <laughs> I mean, I mean, which it talk. was competing against. I mean, real talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's the problem. Like no one wants the crackers. There's always something better. And unfortunately, that's the same thing with this one. We're going to play a game that I really don't know how it's going to go because like perfect. I don't know really anything about the 20th century, early 20th century um, actors and actresses. So I could have like a (laughs) modern day, like Leonardo DiCaprio on this list. And I think it's like a like person from like only God can or fireproof, like in my mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> that being said, I'm going to okay. name a person, a na- uh, name an actor. Oh, don't look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just want you to tell me if they start in a biblical epic or not. Are, are we a team? Yeah. Okay. Let's do a team. The Zach pack. All right. Zach squared. There we go. Zach's attack. Amen. Zach's attack. Zach tack. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. Tick Zach Toe. Ooh, oh, that was a good that's one. Good. That's very good. That's very powerful. That's very right, powerful. Okay. First one. Ron Randall or Randell. Wasn't he Lucius in this movie? He was in this movie, I believe. Yeah, I think he was in King. Are we? We're so we're going. Yes, yes. And I'm gonna say I think he was Lucius in this film because I was telling your mom that he's kind of a dish. Yes, he was <laughs> Lucius in this movie. Hey. <laughs> I Google him started. and tell me if he's a dish, folks. Let me. <laughs> okay. Next one. Anne Bancroft. Yes, she is. I, I'm thinking of Anne Baxter from from Ten Commandments. I don't know about Ban. What is she in? I feel like she is in it. I'm like struggling to picture her. Uh huh. Goodness. I'm gonna say yes, though. I'll I'll agree with you. I'll say yes. Unfortunately, Anne Bancroft has not been in a biblical epic. Uh, who's Anne Bancroft? She was missing uh, out. She is. I'm telling you, I don't know these people. What was she? I, I know that name. Some what of was... her notable works are The Graduate, The Miracle oh, Worker, oh, okay. G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. Okay. What? Why'd you bring up G.I. Jane? Yeah, I think she won for Annie Sullivan in The Miracle Worker. That's, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's where I know her from. Okay. Uh, she yeah. also was married to Mel Brooks for a very long time. Interesting. Until her death, I think. Wow. You brought okay. up G.I. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Bad Lieutenant. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> right. next time you want to judge. Okay, excuse me. Sorry. Okay, next one. <laughs> Veronica Hurst. I don't believe I know who that is. <gasps> Me neither. Oh boy. What do we do? What do... I say no. I say no also. Well, you're right. Hey. Um... <laughs> Veronica Hurst. Veronica Hurst was in um notable works such as The Maze, Will Any Gentleman, The Girl on the Pier, oh, and Dead Man's Evidence. Okay, cool. Hey, while we're talking about actresses, uh, I learned on Thank the Academy that Audrey Hepburn was supposed to play Nefertiri, and it made me. <laughs> and, and when I heard that they went with Ann Baxter because she was curvier, that made me real sad. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that's it would have been a very different movie with her and her like poise in that role mm-hmm. would have been very different. Okay, next one. <laughs> next one. Yes, Kathy O'Donnell. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I'll say yes as well. I feel like my grandma's probably listening to this podcast, screaming at like the Google Home, going, <laughs> "Yes, yes." <laughs> yes, Kathy O'Donnell was in Ben Hur. That who mm. was she? Uh, what's the sister's name? 
Oh, the sister's name. Yeah, is, she's the. Uh, yeah, what's what es- is her name? Not Esther. That's the. Um, hold on, I pulled it up. Mm-hmm. I know it, and that makes Herza? me sad. Herza, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cool. We did it. You we did, did it. We did it. Okay. I can't wait to call my mother. <laughs> Next one. William Powell. No. No. I don't believe so. Okay. I'm, I. I don't know what it would have been. That's what makes me think it is. <laughs> but you're smarter than I am, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to trust you. <laughs> That's never good. <laughs> your headphones match your windscreen, so you you clearly have your stuff together. So yeah. I'm going to agree with Zach. No. William Powell was not in a biblical epic. You are correct. Boom. Nice. Um, Got it. How are we doing? What's the score? I think we've only gotten one wrong. Yeah, you've only gotten one wrong. Good. Why do I feel so bad then? Uh, William Powell (laughs) was in um, all of the Thin Man movies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, They are literally all showing up. All of them. And also Manhattan melodrama. Ooh. Okay. Last one. Okay. Arthur. Jim Caviezel. I'm sorry. (laughs) Arthur Kennedy. He, yes, he is in Pontius he, Pilate. He's Pontius yes. Pilate in Barabbas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> bad. Okay. You can't. <laughs> well, originally I had, if you saw me pick up my phone earlier in the episode, I had yeah. Anthony Quinn until you name dropped him. So then I had to go back <laughs> and was like, oh my goodness. Okay. Um. You didn't think Arthur Kennedy that I would, that I would I know? I don't know. Him? I'm not seeing, Bar- I told you, I could name someone that's like. He was in the original uh, Crucible on stage, I believe, unless I'm totally. He was. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he that's... was a big uh, actor with Tennessee Williams as well. That's yeah, so cool. yeah, he was a get for for Barabbas because he's in like two scenes and then he's out. Well, yeah. my bad. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I, I was ner- sorry. One more thing. Yes. Uh, when especially when Zach was name dropping people <laughs> earlier, I was scared I was going to be like Veronica Hurst, and he'd be like. Please, Veronica Hurst, you Why does you Zach imbecile. have a, why does Zach have a British a accent? Like, please. Why does he have a, it's more transatlantic you're doing? He studies the, the older films. Why is he, he talk, why does I just watch so many that it has rubbed off on me. Yeah. Why does Zach talk like Cary Grant? <laughs> In conclusion, folks, um, this movie is not super easy to find. So why don't you just go ahead and skip it and, you know, take that time and go listen to Zach's wonderful podcast, Thank the Academy. Uh, Zach, is there anything else you would like to uh, plug in addition to that? We're now on TikTok for all the kids out there. (laughs) Wow. Our uh, uh, TikToks about the Ten Commandments were very controversial. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, you know, because of all the whitewashing and... Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we didn't talk about that in this one, but <laughs> it wasn't good. It's there. Yeah. It, it ain't good. <laughs> so follow us there for hot takes. Cool. Hannah, is there is there anything that we would like to plug? We would like to plug our Instagram as well, at godfellasthepod on Instagram. Um, be sure to check us out. Uh, we don't have a TikTok as of yet. I mean, <laughs> but we do actually, we do post Godfellas content on our on, individual on my TikTok pages. So maybe follow I'm Zach Smith Michaels on TikTok. Yeah. We, it, we can check nice. that out if you don't want it. You can there. get my hot political takes also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I think that's everything. That's yeah. everything. Um, and Mitch's LinkedIn. And Mitch's LinkedIn account. Yeah. Per usual. Yeah. I also have LinkedIn. Yeah, Zach also has LinkedIn. We'll we'll, we'll drop a link to everyone. <laughs> Get LinkedIn with our LinkedIn's. Exactly, exactly. On our new segment. Yeah. So, folks, if you've been having fun here, you're you're about to have a great day. You're about to have a great week. You you get to listen to this, and then you get to then, go listen to the Ben Hur episode. Thank you, Academy's Ben Ben Hur episode. Thank you, Academy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear me talk about Ben Hur even more, yeah, I I do. Oh, I was gonna tell us. Oh, so hey, everybody, we are done with February, the month of love. 
next month kicks off. Mark Madness. Where we'll, be ta- where we'll be talking about Mark Lowry and the Left Behind movies. Yay. So, <laughs> so, so uh, all things. All things Mark. Mark all things madness. So, Ooh. Perfection. Exactly. What a season. Yes, what a season. Uh we're we're very excited <laughs> about about that. Um, but that comes later. And until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Miss Hannah. I've been Mr. Zach the second. Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never Wait, do you have something? I was going to make a joke. Yeah, make a joke? We need no, jokes. No, it's too late now. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> unless you stitched it back in. I'll earlier. stitch it back in. I'm sorry. Avengers? What's that? <laughs> that should be your outro. That'll be the outro. That's good. <laughs>